0: (laughs)
1: Here we are with Faisal Malik. How are you doing, my friend? How are you finding lockdown?
0: Yes, bro. How are you doing, man? Yeah, it's good. Um, It's all right. At first, it was a bit boring, but just um, got to get used to it, innit?
1: I think this is the first time I've heard you speak, cause I used to see it at Befna Wrestling looking just mean and scary and stuff, and like, I don't really want to hear that, guy. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, no, I'm cool, bro. I was going to say, cool. I used to see it thinking, oh, no, he's a brown belt, shit, let's not, not roll. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, bro, bro? You good? Yeah, I'm good, How man. you finding it like, man? Yeah, I mean, training sort of, I don't know, without punching people, it's boring, so I just started podcasting. <laughs> it's one of them. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I get you, I get you. How are you, you getting on your training and stuff?
0: Yeah, it's alright, man. Um, at first, it was quite hard because there's no—I couldn't really find anyone to train. But then uh, one of my friends he um, kitted out a little room, mats, gloves, all that. We just mm-hmm. trained there now. He's showing off now, isn't he? Look at this. Because you're a <laughs> nah, professional right.
1: athlete now, aren't you? <laughs> nah. you. How nah, has nah. Transition been like? Because ha- what was your like timeline with training and stuff? Because you were a brown belt early into your amateur career, weren't you?
0: Yeah, um Yeah, pretty much. I was like, yeah, I was—I've been brown belt now four years. I got it in 2016.
1: So what came first in regards to your training then? Was it any sort of striking first or was it Jiu-Jitsu off the bat? What was your timeline like?
0: Oh, and basically, I started off boxing like a little bit as a kid. Mm-hmm. Around 10 years old, 12 years old. I'd done that on and off for about two years, three years. And then um, I stopped and then I was like out and about with my mates messing around, all of that. Getting into some street fights, <laughs> stuff like that. And then, oh, um, <laughs> okay, and then from there... um. One of my friends just told me about um, jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA. Pretty much it was just UFC, basically. And then I was just like, what's the nearest thing? I, I, I want to learn MMA, but there wasn't <laughs> much around back then. And then um, I just, my brother took me to um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and then from there, slowly, slowly, I just started training. This was when I was about 17. So it's been about eight years now. Seven, eight years. I
1: was going to say, man. So, like, when you when it comes to that stage of it, then, how did you yeah. put it all together? So doing jiu-jitsu first, what was your initial game like? Was it by like mainly top pressure and takedowns or was it a bit of more like guard? How yeah. did you find that transition?
0: Um, my style since day one is just the way Dell has taught so us. Like, obviously, we train all areas, but when it comes to competition, takedown, <laughs> on top, kind of destroy their opponent. <laughs> so that's that's been my style, there, yeah, pretty much.
1: So regards to that then how did you find transitioning into yeah. other disciplines then did you go straight into MMA after that or was it just jiu-jitsu for ages how did you find
0: moving yeah, on so basically I don't I, I done, um, jiu-jitsu till about blue well I still do it but like I don't know about blue belt and then from there I um, started doing a bit of a Muay Thai and then I've done that for about I joined that on and then slowly, slowly added boxing on when I got to like a purple belt wrestling everything and then the last three three-ish years i two to three years i've been doing them me like you know all the martial arts adding it on and stuff like that but at first it was just strictly jiu-jitsu then a bit of striking and then wrestling and stuff like that
1: i was gonna say because it's quite an interesting way you've gone about that because normally i don't know you get people who do the bits here and there and try and all together but you sort of slowly oh, add yeah. it on like you know every level up you get, yeah. you get a new martial yeah. art <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah literally that's what it was yeah i was just adding things on because um one thing, one thing, I think Del told me, I can't remember who told me, is that, look, before you do, before I let you fight MMA, you have to be at a certain level of grappling. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. Your, level, your, your jiu-jitsu has to be at, like, minimum blue, uh, blue to purple belt before you, you can even think about considering MMA. So that's why I just focused on grappling for so long at the early stage of my career. And then I added on the striking and stuff like that. Was say- there was times when I was taking fights and i was taking fights on like four days notice just strictly on grappling like no no, no striking no camp nothing it was, it was
1: crazy back then it was fun though i was gonna say it looks fun it sounded fun as well i mean you've had yeah. some really interesting fights as well like you had um early Sawa. you've had my friend Makawai, and again you've had these like yeah. really like strong prospects and your style has really sort of held true throughout all of these kind of things because these guys are like legit and like yeah, yeah. the whole time you've kept the same kind of composure obviously quite a big following as well how do you find performing when you have that kind of a crowd
0: i love it man uh, it's it's amazing to be honest like it, you know like it's just like it motivates you as well mm. you know during training it's like all oh, my boys are coming out my family's coming out i ain't gonna do this <laughs> do you get it it's like yeah. i'm gonna give it my all like you know it proper proper motivates me man proper helps me as well, well like, you good come good. out the doors and all you can hear is just like your boys shouting and screaming <laughs> just like, you're just like yeah let's go it's time to go now
1: this is what you need as well and like yeah. regards of um i don't know your sort of camp and stuff how disciplined are you normally like regards of keeping on top of training and keeping yourself in a good sort of headspace because obviously when it comes to fights it's very much all in it's all very yeah. overwhelming how do you find the balance with that um
0: to be honest with you yeah uh when i'm in training camp i don't see no one it's just straight training like, uh, it, it's, like, very regimented. So, it's, like, i got got um, A to B to C, like, constantly. Mm. Three, like, three, it's just transitioning from different, different, like, training places. And then, but for that duration, man, it's just, like, I have to get this done. And then I can relax after the fight for a couple of, maybe two weeks off, stuff like that. What's your but weight looking like, like normally most might, of the fights and stuff? Oh, normally, uh, I'm in, when I'm starting camp or something like that, I like to be around 68, semi, But there are times when it's a bit higher, when it's about 70 kilo, 72 kilo. But recently, because of my nutritionist, he's like, look, um, it's it's better to sit around at 68 to 70, so in case you do have a fight coming up, you're always in shape, you get it? It's like, look, boom, we can can take that fight, rather than, oh, no, we can't, because we've got to lose flipping 15, 16 kilo. You get it? It's not healthy, innit? This
1: is uh, it, though. You hear these big cuts and stuff, you've got to think, how do you let yourself get to that (laughs) point?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Back in the days, yeah, um, like, as an amateur, like, Oh, there wasn't much structure to me. It was just like, you fight, yeah? I'll finish, that's it. I'll just start eating whatever I want. I'll just start chilling. And then I'll go another fight, come up. But now it's like, nah. It's like, you got you got to be at a certain weight. you got to always keep taking over, taking over. you know, not looking after yourself. Because in the end, it's your health that like, you're putting up uh, at risk to get it. Well, this it is makes it. Because when harder. it
1: comes to fighting, then, it's not just the result in a sport. It's your body going through all the yeah. stress. It's everything. You're taking damage.
0: <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, literally,
1: yeah. Even before That's you right get in the man. cage with the weight cut and stuff, like, so I have to ask this now. You said eating and yeah. stuff after fights. What is your post fight food? Talk to me. What is the damage?
0: Everyone <laughs> well, listening, has got the biggest what,
1: smile on his face he... now. So, yeah, go on. Talk to me. <laughs>
0: no, no, what did you say? Did you say what I eat or what my weight is after
1: the fight? No, nah, post fight food. So, like, don't worry about oh, food, yeah. Way after the fight. Yeah. Doesn't matter. That's, no, no one needs to know. Yeah. Straight away, yeah. My nutritionist, he comes
0: in like, two boxes of donuts, <laughs> yeah, and I, you know what it is, you know because you're full of adrenaline, you can't even eat it, you just like, yeah, anyone, anyone else, do you want some, do you want some, <laughs> so, I, so it's like me and my mates, we'll just, like, we just be chilling, and then um, a burger, fries, stuff like that, but then that carries on for about a week, you get it, it's just like every <laughs> day, up for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, that's what it is, yeah.
1: Uh, Talk to me though. your burger? Before you get to me, what's your burger? Tell me the toppings. Tell me the sauces. You gotta make this. You're a professional now. <laughs> tell me professional detail You ain't hanging about with it. You ain't playing games.
0: Well, to go into the, It's like a greasy chicken burger, beef burger, anything like that. Oh, that's what we want. Nothing too. I don't really go with toppings and that. Just, just a straight burger. So it's like, yeah, give it to me.
1: <laughs> no games. But yeah, it depends. Yeah, yeah. So like. What's, I like a bit more fresh, but more savory stuff. Like after my last fight, my brother, the absolute MVP, he delivered a yeah. katsu curry. So instead of the sort of baked stadium food, he hooks us up with a katsu curry. And there we are in the change room oh, eating it as well. Okay. Like, I'm just like, everyone's there nervous <laughs> for their fights. And we're just there just tucking in saying, I've had my fight. Fuck
0: you, yeah, man. you're just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> <Come> <laughs> oh, shit. That joke.
1: <laughs> Do, have you competed much in okay, grappling, okay. like strictly as well?
0: Yeah, yeah, As like a white blue
1: belt, purple belt. How did you find that regards to like stress and nerves About and stuff? Are you like quite mind- calm with it?
0: Oh, to be honest with you, yeah, I still remember my first competition. Um, I was like, you, you, I was probably nervous. But then what I did was, in my mind, I was using that as a tool to like, you know, like improve my nerves and improve hmm. the experience and you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's why I was competing quite often in Jiu-Jitsu. Um at the early stage of my career you know just just get used to it the feeling of fighting under pressure and all that kind of stuff Regardless i like still trying to get used to it now sorry, to be bit of
1: delay. i was gonna say there's <laughs> a bit of delay so i'll let you um talk a bit yeah. longer of gap just make sure we don't cut each other off but with your competing nice. how who's giving you that kind of i don't know guidance and stuff is it more of a personal thing you've developed is it something dale's helped you out with is it something you've gone externally for how have you found that i don't know that mindset
0: the mindset. Did you say?
1: Yeah, like adapting to the stress of competition and being able to use it properly.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Dell Del helps a lot. You know, some of the things he talks about during training and you know the end of class. But most of it is just like, just like you know, visualization, and just and just like you know, just like motivation stuff, reading stuff, staying positive, things like that. And most yeah, to be honest, it comes from that training because you build confidence from that training. When you have, you know, when you put put in the work, mm. you're just like
1: yeah, I'm ready for whatever so, You get me? Definitely. There's nothing the training partners haven't put you through that like, this guy's not gonna <laughs> put you through and stuff and that kind of yeah. thing. But yeah, it's so yeah, important exactly. keeping that kind of level head as well. And this is what I was really trying to understand with that because obviously having that composure. Because I'm not gonna say like it's easy for you as such but you have got the sort of confident persona like you know i belong to be here and i can only imagine it wasn't like yeah. an overnight thing it's sort of developing that and where that sort of comes from because again when it comes to fighting to professional level being you know an experienced like athlete you need to not just perform to that level but also believe you're at that level and then some it's more just understanding that so when it comes to training what's your mindset when oh. you're in there is it like i mean obviously it's not gonna be every day having this kind of thing but is it switched on, ready to kill? Is it like a sponge trying to learn? Is it trying to play around and try new things? How have you, what's your mindset normally like?
0: Well, for gym training, uh, it's, never, it's never to kill. It's always just like, you know, learning, improving, helping. Just, just, just trying to improve every day. It's, I, I'm not the type of person that, like, you know, tries to take everyone's head off during sparring. It's more technical. It's more, you know, just keeping it neat. It's keeping it injury-free. And just trying to better yourself every day that's all it is really
1: in regards of your like structure for your camps how specific is it to the opponent or is it more about you specifically
0: um, 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 um it's it's more it's more about me but don't get me wrong the opponent does play a part depending on his strengths and his weaknesses we target those more as
1: well i was going to say because from like your instagram and stuff it's all very much i don't know you're doing like your pad work and all these other sort of bits and bobs yeah. i'm not sure how specific it was for your i don't know trying to build habits for someone specifically or just build up your own habits and all these sort of things as well and again it's it's a very varied sport and i can't expect you to tell me every inch by inch detail of the sort of things you do for every opponent but regards of oh, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing it's more yeah. when it comes to fight camp how is that structured? Yeah. Is it something you work out as you go along? Is it something you and your coaches work out from the word go? Is it something you just kind of train as normal? How do you structure that?
0: Um, okay, so basically, um, I'll give you an example of my last fight. So, 85% of it, 80% of it is just like, just training, improving, but don't get me wrong, there's always that, it's in your mind that your opponent's good at certain things, so you've got to sharpen up on them. For example, the guy I fought last, he, he was like a more, of, he, he loved his low kicks, to get it? Mm. So, our whole game was to counter that immediately, like check it and counter it, like give my instant reply. So that's like, but it, it wasn't to the point where the whole training camp was about him, but you know, little little bits of what he does, we were, we were just staying weary of, okay, got to watch out for that, got to watch out for that, and that's it. Just little, little bits we just take out, and the rest of it we just crack on as normal.
1: I think that's really important because when it comes to the sport of all the pullouts or the injuries, or the family emergency, yeah. and that kind of stuff as well, you need to be prepared for an <laughs> yeah. opponent every time. You can't have a very like set in stone game plan all the time. But also, yeah. when you have someone, you need to have something relatively, you know, an idea of what they're going to do. And even on top of yeah. that, regardless of your own fights, do you watch them back quite a lot? Do you analyse or do you sort of leave it where it was?
0: Uh, you to the, uh, I hate watching my own fights back. <laughs> It's like, ah, forget this. So if someone's watching it, like my nephew's watching it on someone, it's like, ah, shit, i got to leave the room. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why I just feel like i done now. I just move on to get me. What but kind of I do, thing I is it, bits, Sorry. Like, I do analyse, like, little, little bits, like, don't get me wrong, I've watched my previous fights, but I don't really watch it. I don't know, I, I, I just don't really enjoy watching myself. i just like, nah, just leave it.
1: Is it like a critical thing? Are you like analysing what you've done wrong, or is it like just seeing yourself on camera? Like you know, when you hear yourself back, like talking and stuff, you get a bit. Like, oh no, shut <laughs> up! It's one of them ones. <laughs>
0: it's a bit of both, really. But I don't. I don't mind analysing myself. Like I always do that. Always, always. I always like check out. Like you know, like just I I ask for a lot of feedback as well from my coaches. Like what I've done wrong, what stuff like that. So that I go and watch that bit. If i've done it wrong what i need to do etc and then from there take it from from there but it's also what you just said you know like when you watch yourself back you just like oh i don't want to do i don't want to watch myself i don't want to hear myself <laughs> that's about it, really.
1: do you record a lot of your training like you're sparring and everything else to analyze or do you just do it as is
0: now I, i've started to record i never used to do this before but i bought a gopro just before lockdown, and then I was, I was starting to record stuff, but then obviously because of lockdown, I just stopped. But yeah, I started to. Are
1: you going to start vlogging and stuff as well? Be like, what is up, YouTube? Pfizer,
0: Pfizer, Lemonade. Oh man, do you know Yeah, that's the new thing everyone's doing, but I don't know, maybe one day, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Maybe like. Everyone, me YouTube. A lot of the people tell me, "Oh yeah, you should record what you eat and what you do in a day." I'm like, it's so boring. Why would you want to know that? For? It's like the same thing every day.
1: What is up, YouTube? So today we've got chicken and rice, and tomorrow we've got chicken and rice, <laughs> and Wednesday we've got chicken and
0: rice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Exactly.
1: It's one of those ones. Sure. And re- regards of like. I don't know. Keeping like say you're a nutritionist. How varied are your meals? As such, is it very much find something that works and stick with that, or is it mix up and keep it interesting? How do you like to have your nutrition?
0: Um, okay, so we um, we tend to mix it up quite a lot, but it's more about performance rather than just eating for the sake of it, getting calories in. So every meal, time, like every day, we check in, and depending on what I'm training the food adjusts according to that if i've got sparring if i've got a heavy sprint session or if i've got heavy strength and conditioning stuff like that it all just varies depending on each day what I, eat.
1: I mean that's really important as well because again it's you need the specific energy it's all well and good like you know carb loading if you're just gonna like recover yeah. it's a bit like okay i guess it's important but yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. fat. um with, with
0: your yeah. strength and conditioning yeah.
1: then who does that? Is that something you do specifically? Have you got a yeah. coach for that? How do you sort that out?
0: Um, at first, it was me on my own, but the last about two years, now I've had someone. Uh, his name's Tom from Harpenden. He looks, looks after that side of the game. He's really good. He's pretty much put me in the best shape I've ever been in my last fight. And that's it, yeah. He's really, really good. And he he handles all of that. So, with that kind of
1: strength conditioning stuff, What's the intensity like, and how often mm-hmm. are you training with him?
0: Okay, so we train twice a week, and um, the intensity um, is is based on like how far I am from the fight, or what training sessions I've got, stuff like that.
1: Because this is something for a lot of amateur and, like, beginner sort of fighters as well. And also, like, professionals, I want to say, when it comes to conditioning, like, it's not always about going yeah. crazy. Because it's so tempting, especially at the start, is, oh, I'm going to fight. I need to go hell for leather. But you've got to remember, <laughs> you're a fighter. Yeah, you're, not yeah. a, you're not like a, you know, a yeah, yeah. guy. You want to prioritize your training. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, exactly. That's right, 100%. man. I remember back in the early days when I was an amateur. And I still remember my, um, it was my fight against Otis London, yeah? I took that fight on the week's notice, about about eight days' notice. And on the Wednesday of the fight week, I'm there banging out heavy deadlifts. Like, I'm trying to max out, like, 150 for five and all that kind of stuff, yeah? And looking back, it's like, that's the worst thing you can do. Because it tires you out, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, let's max out. We've got a fight on Saturday, so I need to uh, to stay strong. But, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) literally, and I was was looking back, I was like, how? What a stupid decision I did back then. I I I didn't know. I was just young. But... It was crazy, because it affects your of performance and everything. Because you, you're tired, you're not peaked, and all
1: that kind of stuff. That's nah, calm, man. Bicep curls are good for, like, you know, armbar defence. It's all good. It's all sport-specific, isn't it?
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Just curl him out of here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> But This is it. The thing is, if you say that, you can be like, yeah, yeah you know, brown but professional May fighter says it's true, so yeah, it's cool, we can say it like that. <laughs> you give it that to him, oh, yeah. Oh, yes, guys, I mean, people see the, yeah. the white belt's just bicep curling like...
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's one of those words, man.
0: <laughs> when it comes to uh, your
1: fights now as professional, how do you find the camp structure? Is it changed a lot? Has it been really like flipped on its head, or is it just more of the same but just tidied up? Um,
0: it's from what from as an amateur there was no, no there was not really much structure. Do you know that it was just like more uh, just BJJ and a bit of boxing. That's all I done before, and then by now it's like everything is like. I've got in place. Like I try to stay on top of my training all the time, and I've got a little structure going. Where the last four four fights I've had as a the pro, the, stru- the structure has been the same, but just I've just did, you know every camp you just tweak it slightly, take but you learn from every camp, to get it, and then mm. trying to make it better and better. But the structure's pretty much been the same. One thing I
1: really wanted to sort of touch on with you, especially, is coming from like a background you, is. Oh, I'll My bus training is not that structured, it kind of has got like a gym timetable and it's I don't know, it's nothing too crazy, it's just up in the morning sessions and the cardio So like, slowly build up, but not go too crazy, prioritising the rounds and the volume So I'd rather do, I don't know, 10 rounds at a lower intensity than, I don't know, 3 rounds at a much higher intensity But do it more frequently to sort of get the problem solving sorted And each training session's got its own kind of specific goal, so if I'm trying to get yeah. like a tear up to get build up some mental toughness and a bit more grit, I'll do the harder rounds. If I'm trying to get more t- timing and work on a specific game plan, it's more high pace, technical and a lot of flow. So what I'll do a lot yeah. with certain guys, like one-to-one stuff, if I'm sparring with someone yeah. in the cage, we'll do like flow wrestling almost. So we get in a position, we transition. So you, instead of doing the high stress kind of injury stuff. It's you've got the cage, yes, yes. transition. They then get into some sort of counter position. You then move, and you just build these habits. So when it comes to sparring, going 100, yes, yes. percent you've got like you know safer habits to sort of build on. And yep, yep, yep. I feel much more composed. Like when it comes to Shark Tanks, doing that, I've got I don't know. I feel, I feel a bit more. I don't stress as much. My cardio holds up a lot more. Like oh, good. one, yeah. One thing I really wanted to sort of get into with you, regards of like having sort of quite a strong Muslim background and Ramadan and everything else. How do you find? Yeah training around that and obviously peaking and eating a certain amount on the build-up and then having yeah. this long time off of it as such and then working around that.
0: Okay, uh, so basically I tried to train, well, because of the, this year, the lockdown was, the, the structure was a bit different because normally um, I'll be training as normal. I'd train in the, in the morning or in the afternoon and then train again in the evening. But because it was Ramadan and I was training more on my own, I was just training more like around, say, an hour before the fast opens and then at night, about four or five hours, about 11 o'clock at night, I was getting a session in then as well. But yeah, but, before, but as normal, like last year and the years before, I was training as normal. It was tough, so don't get me wrong, but yeah, I was, I was I was training in the morning. I would do some grappling or something, and then in the evening, I'd do a bit of striking.
1: In regards of um, the before and after of dealing with it, because obviously people deal with that kind of fasting period in their own ways and stuff. But as a professional athlete and obviously yeah. a consistent athlete, it was more, do you taper off nearer to it? Do you just sort of hit it as normal and try to work around it? And also afterwards, how do you find readjusting to like eating again and training again with the same kind of intensity?
0: Okay. Um, the, stru- the the training and everything is the same. I just like work around it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I just like, adjust it slightly and, um, just, I might slow things down and be more technical, work, you know, uh, it's like a time where I can just work on things I want to work on, you know, little, little stuff like you might, in your back of your mind, I want to try this, I want to try that, let's do it now, you know, because you just, it's, it's more of an eased off kind of month where you just go over things and stuff like that.
1: Do you get proper hangry? Are you one of those guys? Do you, like, start, like... No, nah, no.
0: Nah. <laughs> nah. I have no energy often. I'm just like, yeah, take me home. <laughs> <This> is <laughs> sleep. <not easy>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally.
1: But that's it. Regards of your weight cuts, how do you find the process of that? Like, have you had to do any, like, really bad ones? Or are they pretty much all pretty safe? I'm, like, regards of the mentality when uh, it comes to that process?
0: Um. The last... T- well, basically, before... I had a nutritionist, basically, in the during the Maca fight, I got that I got a nutritionist. So it's the last five fights now I had, the the weight cuts have been okay, but the ones before that it was just like, I was either fighting, either too high above my weight, you get it? Mm. I wasn't really cutting much weight, so back as an amateur I was fighting at like 145 or even 155, do you get it? It was just like taking fights on a week's notice, yeah, 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 short notice stuff. But since that Maca fight, um, my nutritionist, he puts in a plan. Um, but the plan is also in the off season as well, which makes the difference. You know, when you don't have a fight coming up, <laughs> so my weight doesn't fly up. It's just it's 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 in it's in a certain limit, which helps me cut the weight when I'm finished. So when I, when I'm ready to make weight, I don't have to like lose loads. Max is about eight to ten pounds, hopefully.
1: See, that's a lot more sensible, and this is the thing as yeah. well. Like, it's so tempting just to like, I don't know, because everyone makes the argument of why would you cut weight when you can walk around your natural weight and all this kind of stuff? And that makes sense if you do a pro science cut of, okay, if i just starve myself and (laughs) deplete myself, then fair enough. But if you're smart about it and do it safely, you can feel fresh and be at a sensible weight because... Put it this way: I'm six foot two and I fight at 145.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, massive for the weight. Yeah, huge for the weight.
1: <laughs> and I oh, know I fought at 155. I got knocked out. So probably you know there's a reason why people cut weight. <laughs> it's all good fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, of course, 100%. You want to have the biggest advantage advantage you can, in the most healthiest way. Do you get me? Mm.
1: Do you do a lot of coaching?
0: Yeah, I um, I train a group of boys um, and I also do some PTs on the side. How do but i you got like yeah i enjoy it man i i really really enjoy it it's um it gives me a time to even go over technique you know stuff that i've learned and just teach it and then you you when you break it down you're like okay cool you know you see the mechanics of it and stuff like that but yeah i really really enjoy it man you see the some of the young, young youngsters like coming through like the ones that I trained and some of them are getting really really good and um yeah it makes you feel good as a coach but i'm not i'm not a fully coach yet yeah. i'm just like to them, I'm just like an older brother. I like, yeah, come, let's train. <laughs> but yeah, I've got, I've got a few boys that are train. It's all right.
1: You just grab your pads like, oh, you come with me. It's all right, I'll work it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to your learning process, how do you like to learn? Are you quite numbers-based? Do you very much feel it out? Are you like are watching a lot of tape back? How do you learn?
0: How do I learn? Um, drilling, man. Loads of drills of drilling and breaking things down. Talking to people about technique, talking to people about scenarios, game plans, stuff like that, but just drilling it, going over things, it's very important. So,
1: how and how do you teach in that sense? Do you try and make it the same kind of way? Do you give them a lot of drills to do, or is it you explain it very detailed, or trial and error, how do you like to
0: correct um, stuff? But, uh, well, to be honest, all three what you just said, but just a bit of each to get it, because hmm. without trial and error, you wouldn't know if it works or not. And without drilling, you would uh, you won't get the technique right. So you gotta mix it all up and then, just. Sh- but to basically the, with anything, you just gotta keep doing it, keep doing it and understand it. Once you get the understanding of it, the mechanics, then you, then you believe it more. You're like, yeah, cool, damn, it works. Do you
1: hear me? 100%. Because the thing is, if you, yeah. this is for everyone who watches like stuff online. Like it's all well and good watching these fancy Kamara videos, all these fancy like yes. stuff, but <laughs> unless you feel someone <laughs> resisting yeah. being awkward. It's still working yeah, exactly. Like, the yeah. technique itself isn't wrong. It's the application yes. and understanding the reaction. This is a whole part of that side of thing. And yeah. the reason I asked that, especially right, with right. you, is because you've had a variety of backgrounds. You've had, like, strict jitsu and you've tried other martial arts as you went along. And yeah. they've all got different ethoses of how they like to teach. Like, jujitsu is, depending on the school, it's like, a lot more flowy, a lot more re- relaxed. Whereas boxing is a lot more, you know, grinding, repetition, repetition, repetition. And then other yeah. martial arts have got their own kind of stuff. So I wasn't sure. What style really, I don't know, worked for you as such and how you found putting it all together?
0: Uh, for me, it's, um, I've always, you know, I try to, I'm not, I'm not trying to say like I'm some GSP, but I always try to model myself <laughs> around GSP. As in, if you, uh, I've, I like, he's my favorite fighter, so I always yeah. watch uh, and I look at what he's done in Junior's career. And if you look at it, he's done every martial art separate. And the root, the action root of the martial art, not like MMA fight, it was uh, pure, pure boxing, pure wrestling pure jiu pure like muay thai everything was just pure and then he made him and his coach they made a little um like they combined it all together so that that's been the way i've done everything it's like i've i've like i've got like five coaches for each discipline and then i have my main coach where i add everything together so i've always looked at it that way where i've got to learn the art in, in its purest form for me to get better at it
1: so all your separate coaches do they keep them quite communication do they do their own thing because when it comes to obviously your camp, they need to know how much you're gassing out in certain sessions yeah. and planning this all out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they they communicate li- little bits, but um, I give them feedback too of what I'm doing and stuff like that as well. So that way, yeah. But they all communicate amongst each other. With regards to
1: training with these people then, are you doing many classes? Are you doing one-to-one sessions? How do you like to get the most out of your time with
0: them? Um, with some of them, like for example, that. Like, my boxing coach is strictly me, my boxing coach. Mm. And then so if I go to Muay Thai, it will be me with the guys with the training I uh, can rank. It will be all of us there. And same with um, my BJJ. Some of it, some of it's done in Luton. Some of it's now done in Mill Hill. Same with under Shoe Fighters. So it's just like I fly all, I, I'll go to different different places. And that's been the little thing I've always done. And we just add it all up together.
1: And that is isn't really important people who's listening as well. If they can't quite get the most out of certain sessions... Like, prime example, Jiu-Jitsu, I really benefit in class sessions. One-to-ones, I don't know, it's like you don't know what you don't know. Whereas boxing, I've always done much better in one-to-ones. I always get so much more out of it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, bro. I agree with you. It depends on the martial art, really, don't you think? Oh, definitely. And the coach. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah, you're right. I agree with that, too. Because not everything can be done in in, in one-to-ones, and not everything can be done in a class. You also need that, you know? You've got to have that balance.
1: And you also need the I'm experience set, to know not what, what you best. don't know. Because if you yeah. ask a white belt, what do you want me to show you with your wealth of knowledge? What are they going to say? Yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <'Cause> yeah, <exactly.
1: laughs> what do they know? What do they want to know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: You're right. That's where like trial and error stuff comes from. When it comes to teaching your guys, obviously you said more of yeah. a big brother kind of thing versus anything else. Yeah. What kind of ways do you feel you get the most out of the sessions with them? Do you like prompt them quite a lot to ask questions? Do you, I don't know, give them feedback directly? How do you like to, I don't know, help them out? Yeah,
0: um, yeah, bang on both of them. I, I, I ask them, I tell them to ask me a lot of questions, but I also give them feedback too. Because it's not with, the, with, the, with my philosophy is that like it's not always um, about how you look when you're drilling it or how you look when you're um, hitting a bag or a pad, or it's how you perform in the actual sparring. Sparring is the closest thing to a fight. So in so for me to actually correct you, I look at the way you perform in the sparring. So that's why I always um you feedback based on the sparring and stuff like that. And but and they always ask me questions and we always going back and forth on Instagram and um WhatsApp. Um, different different uh, combinations and all that kind of stuff. But most of it, yeah, it's just honest feedback. I just tell them, Look, you're doing this wrong, fix fix that. And um yeah, really?
1: Now, a lot of where these questions are coming from is for anyone listening who's obviously a follower of you or sort of younger guys in the martial arts to try and understand, I don't know, sort of questions they'd have for someone more experienced. Oh, why don't I get this? Why doesn't this work for me? And that kind of thing is normally the root of it. It's how you yeah. can modestate your sessions because it's all so well and good having the best j- jiu-jitsu coach in the world, but if you don't ask them questions,
0: you yeah, know, exactly. think
1: praying, How? <laughs> they could be anyone.
0: Yeah, exactly. hundred percent, hundred percent. Speaking of
1: Instagram questions, I saw you put a post up. Did you get many responses on that for questions for the podcast?
0: Oh, no. You know, um, basically, there was more like, oh, uh, we can't wait to hear it and stuff like that. So, that, oh. it wasn't really questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some of it was like, I think like, there, there, there was a few that I've checked before. There was, um, what is your favorite fighter? And what do you... I can't remember some of the other questions. I'll have to look at it.
1: No, that's all right. I didn't know if you had bit... you wanted to um, specifically, like, answer. But, again, I'll... What I'll do, I'll give you a couple of, like, white belt FAQs being a coach yes. and also being a professional fighter and I want to hear your answers. Now, okay. when I ask you these questions, I want your answers. I don't want the answer you think yes. I want to hear. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's
1: fine. So, white belt, new guy, walks in the gym. I want to fight. I'm going <laughs> to get it many a time. What do you say to them?
0: <laughs> nope. Got to <trained> a for minimum <laughs> to blue 12 of And then we think about it depending on your mindset there's a lot of things to do uh, to do with fighting it's not, it's not just like oh yeah man i have to fight your mindset you know how, how, you, how you conduct yourself mm. there's a lot more to it for me that's what i think anyway so i'll be like no you can't fight until you reach a certain level um, of training really
1: so keep going in that sort of thing then so what do you mean by more of that mindset like what kind of thing are you looking for as such is it Hello? when they spar and the way they react to things how do you deal with that hello can you hear me okay Fosal? That was weird. Can you hear me now? Can't hear anything.
0: Wow. Oh. There we go. Yes, both. That was weird. Yes. I know that was so weird, man. It just cut off completely.
1: Okay, so let's yes. go back oh, to the um, no, last question. So the question was, you get the new beginner and then he wants to fight. Obviously, they're not yeah. in a place where they're uh, able to fight. What do you want to see from them to let them fight as such?
0: Um, okay, so someone walks in yeah. Um. So basically, I'll just tell them, look, you have to get to a certain level before you can fight. It's for your own safety, to be honest. Uh, if anything, because I don't, I wouldn't want them to fight like if they're not, if they're not like pretty much good enough. So I'll just say to them, look, get to a certain level, show me that you're disciplined and committed, and then why not? Of course, you can fight after that.
1: I think what a lot of people will fall in the trap of they see. The people succeed and they think okay i just have to beat someone up and that's the fight they don't appreciate when it doesn't work so out that way they don't appreciate the weight yeah, co- they don't so appreciate getting punched <laughs> in the face it's not very nice <laughs> yeah
0: exactly yeah exactly it's true that's so true man they think oh because they see pictures and videos they're like yeah oh i can do it but there not the hours you got to put in to achieve
1: that i mean what people need to really listen as well if they get told no they can't fight it's not from a place of it's them not believing in you there's that people looking out for their literally their health and their well-being if your coach lets you <laughs> fight straight away without seeing you fight get a new coach yeah
0: 100 <laughs> i agree with that <laughs> that's literally it yeah stand on bro
1: regards to competition so white belt nerves. first competition jujitsu gi competition IBJJF situation coach i'm scared what should i do i can't i'm nervous for my first comp it's coming up this is the night before he's asking you what advice do you give to i just say
0: to him look if you do it in training every day number one and um just go out there and have fun you know just go out there have fun express yourself winning or if you win lose or whatever, look you're just going to get better every day you're learning Right? Depends, it depends on what the situation is, but if you're talking about someone who's in first time, I would just say to them, look, just go out there and have fun. This, 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 don't take it too serious. Just go out there, express yourself. We do it every day in the gym, and by believing, I say, man, just do it.
1: That is so important. And again, I really want to touch on this a bit more for anyone listening who's thinking of competing and gets the sort of nerves. The worst thing is yeah. the fear of the unknown, especially when it comes to your first one. You worry about the things you don't know what's going to happen. So the thing to really try and do, to keep you a bit more level-headed, is to put it in terms of things you know that has already happened. So you've been to your gym before, yeah, you've, exactly. you've rolled with people before. Yeah. The difference is, there's someone yeah. you haven't trained with before, and it's going to be scored, yeah. and that's it. You get a plastic medal if you want yeah, to literally afterwards, that's it, yeah, right? yeah, that's
0: it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, you know, um, you've got muscle um, work, man. You've got, uh, like... You've got to bring it down to his root what you've actually done and what you're doing. Forget you you all of us around you. Just, you know, What's in front of you? You've got an opponent in front of you. you train, you train for the loss for however, however long. Just go out there and do your thing, man. That's it. That's all you got to think
1: about. it. So good. Okay, here's a... I don't know, more personal one for me. <laughs> how... You lose your first yeah. fight, your debut fight. How would you then come back from that? What would you advise to someone coming back off of a loss? Like, this is the change rooms after the fact. Like they've lost the decision or yeah. sub, but whatever it is. Mm-hmm.
0: So basically, I really took care. What I'll do is, um, i, would, I would, my decision will be based on what how they performed during the fight. Do you understand? Mm. So I would just tell him, look, first one, if he lost, it's fine. Just has got to get back to the gym, keep working, and I'll base their training around. You know the you know the errors they made. Just try to fix them straight away, and um. To get them back in as soon as
1: possible, and again, for anyone listening who's going to fight or has fought and coming for loss, your amateur fight isn't the most important thing in the world. It feels like it, yeah, like, exactly. exactly. Like my amateur debut, I thought was the biggest thing since, like, you know, Connor versus like, Mayweather, yeah, like, no. like everyone cares about <laughs> it, but no yeah, I you don't one. tell anyone, but no one gives a shit about yeah, your amateur fight, true, true. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, as, as, as an amateur, yeah, it's all about learning, you know, it's all about learning and that's like, your, you know, you always learn, but you are know, as an amateur, treat it as like a learning curve, you know, just out there getting the experience, getting the round under your belt, that, that's all, that's all, to, to me, that's what the amateur is about really. It's so important,
1: now, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a few other things I want to <laughs> get into, what was it? there was um so there was amateur yeah. lost there what was i gonna say there was one that was actually quite oh it's gonna annoy me let's go for another one before i forget so okay uh, oh this is it i'm gonna say a quote and i want you to respond to it okay i want to train okay. but i want to get fit first
0: shut up and train <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way you're gonna
1: go this <laughs> this is it though because this is a big thing where people yeah. will misinterpret yes training is hard yeah. yes you yeah. will be expected to be at a certain level of fitness when it comes to competing but you gotta start somewhere
0: like exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah that's right Hundred percent, bro. People overthink things too much. That's one thing I realized. Like with, with training, they're like, "Oh, you gotta do. You gotta be a certain way, and you gotta do this. You gotta eat this. You gotta do that." It's nah, man. Just shut up and train, and you'd make games. Trust me.
1: An analogy I like to use when it comes to this kind of thing of the fear of the unknown: if you've been swimming and the person you're explaining to has never been swimming before, explain what it's like getting wet. And. Thing, it's so awkwardly specific you can't really do it properly like you could say yeah you're a bit cold yeah, you exactly. dry but you think just do it and you'll get it
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah literally <laughs> yeah bang on bro that's exactly what it is yeah. you just gotta you just, sometimes you know people overthink things and you just gotta like you just gotta slowly slowly you know just enjoy the process add things on and that's it man that's it really
1: um one thing as well for, just for me before I let you go after a big fight, yeah. how do you deal with the post-fight blues as such? Because obviously, you know, you get your big following, you have your big moment, you get your win, after thinking of something you crafted for. Yeah. Then what? How do you feel with that yeah. kind of post-fight blues? How do you
0: deal with that? To, uh, to me, to be honest, after a fight, you just like, I'm just back to normal again. Because it's like, I've got to get ready for the next one. To real, really talk, yeah. Like, I chill with my, my mates, my family and stuff, but... I don't overdo it all the time. To me, it's like, yeah, it's got the win, thank God. we just let's just get ready for the next one now. Because I'm not where I want to be yet, so I can't go on some high. to get it? I guess a so lot of it me,
1: comes down to than. what you um, value the situation as. Like, for some people, a fight yeah. is that that fight is the big thing in itself, and that's their only sort of goal. Whereas if your goal is up here somewhere, yeah, yeah. that fight getting you there. Isn't that sort of like, okay? Yeah. This was stressful. This was hard. Cool, I did it. Breathe. Yeah. Let's go again. And it's not like the same
0: kind of yeah, way to it. Literally, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's, it, I love it. Like it's, it's a great feeling and all that kind of stuff. But to me, it's like I'm, I'm happy. I'm grateful. But let's move on now. Hundred percent. Let's not let's let's not dwell on the wind too much because you, you're gonna get on your. You, you, some people, you know, you might you might um, get on high horse too much. You don't want that. Just stay humble. Stay grounded. and Keep Keep working because the
1: jobs are done yet. Exactly. Now, where can people find you? Yeah. Oh,
0: you can find me on the Instagram fmalik145 and um, Facebook, Snapchat, all of
1: that fmalik145. Should it be fmalik135 now? <laughs> yeah, I know it ain't.
0: Trust me. I was thinking of doing it. And I thought, ah, I've got to change everything then.
1: <laughs> what if you miss weight and you're like <laughs> fmalik1441. <1441 point. laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly
1: <laughs> today's episode was brought to you by Mauler MMA use code FCMMA20 at checkout for 20% off on all products on